October the 3rd, Jeremiah chapter 1. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you because in your word you said all things are possible with you. Lord, we pray for the supply, even those not here yet, but it will come if we should have it. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it will surely come. We praise you and we thank you for giving us what we need today as we read the word of God. Increase it, develop it, Lord, into our hearts that we may grow and be established in your word. Comfort you, comfort your people, Lord, and we ask you in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Welcome, everyone, to today's reading. I'm going to try and read uh, October the 3rd and the 4th to catch up. So here we go. Jeremiah chapter 1. These are the words of Jeremiah, son of he. Hilkiah, one of the priests from the town of Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. The Lord first gave message to Jeremiah during the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. The Lord's message continued throughout the reign of King Jehoiakim, Josiah's son, until the 11th year of the reign of King Zedekiah. Another of Josiah's son, in August of that 11th year, the people of Jerusalem were taken away as captives. The Lord gave this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nation. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I am too young. The Lord replied, don't say I am too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. Then the Lord said to me, Look, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I replied, I see a branch from an almond tree. And the Lord said, That's right, and it means that I'm, I am watching, and I will certainly carry out all of my plans. Then the Lord spoke to me again and asked, What do you see now? And I replied, I see a pot of boiling water spilling from the north. Yes, the Lord said, for terror from the north will boil out on the people of this land. Listen, I am calling the armies of the kingdoms of the north to come to Jerusalem. I, the Lord, have spoken. They will set their thrones at the gates of the city. They will attack its walls and all other towns in Judah. I will pronounce judgment on my people for all their evil, for deserting me and burning incense to other gods. Yes, they worship idols made with their own hands. Get up and prepare for action. Go out and tell them everything I tell you to say. Do not be afraid of them, or I will make you look foolish in front of them. For see, today I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured, like an iron pillar or a bronze wall. You will stand against the whole land, the kings, officials, priests, and people of Judah. They will fight you, but they will fail. For I am with you, and I will take care of you. 
I, the Lord, have spoken. The Lord gave me another message. He said, Go and shout this message to Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I remember how eager you were to please me. As a young bride long ago, how you loved me and followed me. Even through the barren wilderness, in those days Israel was holy to the Lord, the first of his children. All who harmed his people were declared guilty, and disaster fell on them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Listen to the word of the Lord, people of Jacob, all you families of Israel. This is what the Lord says. What did your ancestors find wrong with me that led them to stray so far from me? They worship worthless idols only to become worthless themselves. They did not ask, Where is the Lord who brought us safely out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness, a land of de- deserts and pits, a land of drought and death, where no one lives or even travels? And when I brought you into a fruitful land to enjoy its bounty and goodness, you defile my land and corrupted the possession I have promised you. The priest did not ask, Where is the Lord who taught my word? Ignore me. Those who taught my word ignore me. The rulers turned against me, and the prophets spoke in the name of Baal, wasting their time on worthless idols. Therefore I will bring my case against you, says the Lord. I will even bring charges against your children's children in the years to come. Go west and look in the land of Cyprus. Go east and search through the land of Kedar. Has anyone ever heard of anything as strange as this? Has any nation ever traded its gods for new ones, even though they are not gods at all? Yet my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. The heavens are shocked at such a thing and shrink back in horror and dismay, says the Lord. For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living waters, and... They had dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. Why has Israel become a slave? Why has he been carried away as plunder? Strong lions have roared against him in the land, has been destroyed. The towns are now in ruins and no one lives in them anymore. Egyptians marching from their cities at Memphis and Tephanes have destroyed Israel's glory and power. And you have brought this upon yourself by rebelling against the Lord your God, even though he was leading you on your way. What have you gained by your alliances with Egypt and your covenants with Assyria? What good to you are the streams of the Nile or the waters of the Euphrates River? Your wickedness will bring its own punishment. Your turning from me will shame you. You will see what an evil, bitter thing it is to abandon the Lord your God and not to fear him. I, the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Long ago I broke the yoke that oppressed you and tore away the chains of your slavery. But still you said, I will not serve you. On every hill and under every green tree, you have prostituted yourself by bowing down to idols. But I was the one who planted you, choosing a vine of the purest stock, the very best. How did you grow into this corrupt wild vine? No amount of soap or lye can make you clean. I still see the stains of your guilt. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. 
You say, that's not true. I haven't worshipped the images of Baal. But how can you say that? Go and look in any valley in the land. Face the awful sins you have done. You are like a restless female camel desperately searching for a mate. You are like a wild donkey sniffing the wind at mating time. Who can restrain her lust? Those who desire her don't need to search, for she goes running to them. When will you stop running? When will you stop panning after other gods? But you say, save your breath. I'm in love with these foreign gods, and I can't stop loving them now. Israel is like a thief who feels shame only when he gets caught. They, their kings, officials, priests, and prophets are all alike in this. To an image carved from a piece of wood, they say, You are my father. To an idol chisel from the block of stone, they say, You are my mother. They turn their backs on me, but in times of trouble, they cry out to me, Come and save us. But why not call on these gods you have made? When trouble comes, let them save you if they can. For you have as many gods as there are towns in Judah. Why do you accuse me of doing wrong? You are the ones who have rebels, says the Lord. I have punished your children, but they did not respond to my discipline. You yourself have killed your prophets as lions kill its prey. O my people, listen to the words of the Lord. Have I, the Lord, been like a desert to Israel? Have I been to them a land of darkness? Why then do my people say, At last we are free from God? We don't need him anymore. Does a young woman forget her jewelry? Does a bride hide her wedding dress? Yet for years on end my people have forgotten me. How you, Israel, plot and scheme to win your lovers. Even an experienced prostitute can learn from you. Your clothing is stained with the blood of the innocent and the poor, though you didn't catch them breaking into your houses. And yet you say, I have done nothing wrong. Surely God isn't angry with me. But now I will punish you severely because you claim to have not sinned. First here, then there, you flit from one alley to another asking for help. But your new friends in Egypt will let you down just as Assyria did before. In despair, you will be led into exile with your hands on your head, for the Lord has rejected the nations you trust. They will not help you at all. If a man divorces a woman and she goes and marries someone else, he will not take her back again, for that would surely corrupt the land. But you have prostituted yourself with many lovers. So why are you trying to come back to me, says the Lord? Look at the shrines on every hilltop. Is there any place you have not been defiled? For your adultery with other gods, you sit like a prostitute beside the road waiting for a customer. You sit along like a nomad in the desert. You have polluted the land with your prostitutions and your wickedness. That's why even the spring's rains have failed. For you are a brazen prostitute, completely shameless. Yet you say to me, Father... You have been my guide since my youth. Surely you won't be angry forever. Surely you can't forget about it. So you talk, but you keep on doing all the evil you can. During the reign of King Josiah, the Lord said to me, Have you seen what fickle Israel has done? 
Like a wife who commits adultery, Israel has worshipped other gods on every hill and under every green tree. I thought after she had done all this, she would return to me. But she did not return. All her faithless sister Judah saw this. She saw that I divorced faithless Israel because of her adultery. But that treasured sister of Judah had no fear. And now she too has left me and given herself to prostitution. Israel treated it all so lightly. She thought nothing of committing adultery by worshiping idols made of wood and stone. But now, so now the land has been polluted. But despite all this, her faithful, faithless sister, Judah, has never sincerely returned to me. She has only pretended to be sorry. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord said to me, Even faithful, faithless Israel is less guilty than treasurous Judah. Therefore, go and give this message to Israel. This is what the Lord says. O Israel, my faithless people, come home to me again, for I am merciful. I will not be angry with you forever. Only acknowledge your guilt. Admit that you rebel against the Lord your God and committed adultery against him by worshiping idols under every green tree. Confess that you refuse to listen to my voice. I, the Lord, have spoken. Return home, you wayward children, says the Lord, for I am your master. I will bring you back to the land of Israel, one from this town and two from that family, from wherever you are scattered, and I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. And when your land is once more filled with people, says the Lord, you will no longer wish for the good old days when you possess the ark of the Lord's covenant. You will not miss those days or even remember them, and there will be no need to rebuild the ark. In that day, Jerusalem will be known as the throne of the Lord. All nations will come there to honor the Lord. They will no longer stubbornly follow their own des evil desires. In those days, the people of Judah and Israel will return together from exile in the north. They will return to the land I gave their ancestors as an inheritance forever. I thought to myself, I would love to treat you as my own children. I wanted nothing more than to give you this beautiful land, the finest possession in the world. I look forward to your calling me, Father, and I wanted you never to turn from me. But you have been unfaithful to me, you people of Israel. You've been like a faithless wife who leaves her husband. I, the Lord, have spoken. Voices are heard high on the windswept mountains, the weeping and pleading of Israel's people, for they have chosen crooked path and for, have forgotten the Lord their God. My wayward children, says the Lord, come back to me and I will heal you, heal your wayward hearts. Yes, we're coming, the people reply, for you are the Lord our God. Our worship of idols on the hills and our religious orgies on the mountains are a delusion. Only in the Lord our God will Israel ever find salvation. From childhood we have watched as everything our ancestors worked for. Their flocks and herds, their sons and daughters, was squandered on a delusion. Let us now lie down in shame and cover ourselves with dishonor. 
For we and our ancestors have sinned against the Lord our God. From our childhood to this day, we have never obeyed him. O Israel, says the Lord, if you wanted to return to me, you could you could throw away your detestable idols and stray away no more. Then when you swear by my name, saying, As surely as the Lord lives, you could do so with trust, justice, and righteousness. Then you will be a blessing to the nations of the world, and all the people will come and praise my name. This is what the Lord says to the people of Israel and Judah. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Do not waste your good seed among thorns. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, surrender your pride and power. Change your hearts before the Lord, or my anger will burn like a unquenchable fire because of all your sins. Shout to Judah and broadcast to Jerusalem. Tell them to sound the alarm throughout the land. Run for your lives. Flee to the fortified cities. Raise the signal flag as a warning to Jerusalem. Flee now. Do not delay, for I am bringing terrible destruction upon you from the north. As a lion stalks from its den, a destroyer of nations, it has left its lair in is headed your way. It's going to devastate your land. Your towns will lie in ruins with no one living in them anymore. So put on clothes of mourning and weep with broken hearts. For the fierce anger of the Lord is still upon us. In that day, says the Lord, the king and the officials will tremble in fear. The priests will be struck with horror and the prophets will be appalled. Then I said, O sovereign Lord, the people have been deceived by what you said. For you promised peace for Jerusalem, but the sword is held at their throats. The time is coming when the Lord will say to the people of Jerusalem, My dear people, a burning wind is blowing in from the desert, and it is not a gentle breeze useful for winnowing grain. It is a roaring blast sent by me. Now I will pronounce your destruction. Our enemy rushes down on us like storm clouds. His chariots are like whirlwinds. His horses are swifter than eagles. How terrible it would be, for we are doomed. O Jerusalem, cleanse your heart, that you may be saved. How long will you harbor your evil thoughts? Your destructions have been announced from Dan to the hill country of Ephraim. Warn the surrounding nations and announce this to Jerusalem. The enemy is coming from a distant land, raising a battle cry against the towns of Judah. They surround Jerusalem like watchmen around a field. For my people have reveled against me, says the Lord. For your own actions have brought this upon you. This punishment is bitter, piercing to the heart. All right, commentary on what I just read on Jeremiah. We have interesting that the Lord has said, I will be with you. You are not too young. I will tell you, don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you. And I, you will face nations and defeat them. It's amazing how, what an incredible prophecy God tells Jeremiah. That I will set you before towns and people and kings and they will not be able to, you will 
turned him upside down, he says. It's really interesting. Get up and prepare for actions. Go out and tell them everything I tell you to say. Don't be afraid of them, or I will make you look foolish in front of them. Wow. So who would I rather be in fear of, God or intimidated by mere man? That is a tough one for all of us. You know, we do get intimidated right in the meaning. The only way this is done is by uh, soaking in the Word of God, soaking in His words and be in His Word completely, considering what He says. He says, you see, I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured. Like an iron pillar or a bronze wall, you will stand against the whole land, the king's officials, priests, and people of Judah. They will fight you, but they will fail, for I am with you. I will take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Amen. That's a beautiful promise. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. The Lord is with us, and his confidence and joy and wisdom is our protector. You know, as we have his presence with us, how can we lose? What can mere men do against us if we have the Lord's confidence and joy with us? Since God knew, as he knew Jeremiah long before you were born or even conceived, he thought about you and planned for you. When you feel discouraged or inadequate, remember that God has always valued you and has a purpose for you. Don't allow feelings of inadequacy to keep you from obeying God. He will always be with you. And He will give you everything you need to do the work He calls you to do. Face each day with the assurance that God will be with you and see you through. Amen. And I may add, Fernando needs to put stuff in the hopper in order for that verse to come true. i got to put God's words, God's formula, God's blueprint in my heart so I can draw from it from the from the stores amen and then the Lord promises such a beautiful thing it says uh, I thought to myself the Lord says I will love to treat you as my own children I wanted nothing more than to give you this beautiful land the finest possession in the world I look forward to your calling me father and I wanted you Never to turn from me. Amen. Pray, praise the Lord. The Lord says, When you swear by my name, saying, As surely as the Lord lives. That's kind of like a prophecy in the future. As surely as the Lord lives, the supply for it is not here yet. But it will come if we should have it. It will surely come. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord says we, we could do this with truth, justice, and righteousness. Then we will be a blessing to our neighbors, to those cities, to the world. And all the people will come and praise the Lord and honor God. This is what the Lord says for the people of Judah. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Do not waste your good seed among thorns. In other words, pray, folks. Let's see what today's study says. Throughout the Old Testament, God consistently reveals His intentions to bless the nations of the world through the people of Israel. But the people's hearts had become hardened in God's will, and their privileges as His chosen people was in jeopardy. 
As long as they insisted on disobedience and idolatry, their hearts were like soil that had not been tilled for a long time. So Jeremiah told the people to plow up the hardness of their heart as a plow breaks up unplowed ground. Once their hearts were broken and cleaned up, the good seed of God's command could take root. Just like the people of Israel, we must remove the sin that hardens our hearts if we expect God's word to take root and grow in us. Soften your heart by asking God to change your heart and life. Read God's word daily, letting God's spirit break up the hard soil and plant the good seed of God's word into your life. Open your hearts to God through confession and repentance. As God works on your heart, let him change your ways. Then you can be a blessing to others, just as God intended. Amen and amen. Woohoo! Beautiful, beautiful readings. Amen. Now we're going to read the New Testament. And it starts with, we're re- reading the, the the third, October 3rd and October 4th assignment for the, all at one time. So we have on October the 3rd, we have the Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 23. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I, Paul, love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Now I appeal to Eud. Daya and Sintish, please, because you belong to the Lord's, settle your disagreements and ask, and I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they work hard with me in telling others the good news. They work along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I said again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are Consider it in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learn and receive from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Now that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty." As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. 
I don't say this because I want to get from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. There it is, folks, a reward for our kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Ephroditus. They are sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God, our Father, forever and ever. Amen. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings, and all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now in this reading in Philippians 4, 7, those amazing scriptures that we all quote about, you know, they, the Lord supplies all of our needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And about praying about everything. You know, t we tell God what we need and we thank Him for all He's done. Then we will experience peace with exceeding anything that we can understand. Hallelujah. So we're after that peace. Thank you, God, for the supply is not here yet. But it will come, and we shall have it. It will surely come. Thank you, Lord, for all you have done and you continue to do in Jesus' name. In the uh, today's study, it says, It seems strange that a man in prison would be telling the church to rejoice. But Paul was full of joy because he knew that what, no matter what is happening to him, Jesus Christ was with him. Paul's attitude teaches us an important lesson. Our inner attitudes do not have to reflect our outward circumstance. It is easy to get discouraged about unpleasant circumstances or take unimportant events too seriously. Believers don't need to worry about anything because of the, the Heavenly Father loves His children and cares about their needs. And He has invited His children to pray about everything. Trusting God brings good God's peace. If you struggle to find joy, you may not be looking at life from the right perspective. Joy comes from Christ dwelling within us. As we live by His Spirit, our lives and relationship will reflect His. And I may add, joy comes from us reading and listening to His Word. No other way. We all have worries on the job, in our homes, or in our school, but Paul's advice is to turn our worries into prayers. Whenever you start to worry, stop and pray. Recite Scripture to yourself. Let's... Let God, peace, guard your heart and mind against anxiety. I remember one of the scriptures that we can use is we um, is the watchman scripture in Isaiah. That we give no rest to the Lord till he answers our prayers. Amen. That's what it says, something in that nature in the watchman. And we can say, thank you, Lord, that the supply for it is not here yet for this situation, but it will come if we should have it it will surely come and we praise you and we thank you and we rejoice over the situation you're going to show yourself mightily on our behalf in jesus name amen <laughs> kind of like putting god on the corner huh i'm always doing that you know kind of like yep i bet you he loves it he loves his children always trying to find 
the word come true in our lives so other can, people can see the glory of God and join us in our procession. Amen. That's the, my understanding of the word of God. And my understanding that there's rewards, okay? When preacher gets up there and says, don't expect anything, well, they're going up against the word of God. The word of God says, Paul says, that you will reward it for your kindness. You know, those who seek the Lord in Hebrew will be rewarded. Reward, reward. As we do a good job, we get rewarded from our employer. And we have to reward our soul and, and pat it in the back and say, good job. So you listening here today, good job. I love you. You are an eagle. You're persistent. You're kind. Amen. Treat yourself with, with value and kindness. That's what I'm learning to do. Be more kind to Fernando. Amen. All right. Uh, reading from Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossus, who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for you, we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that comes to you is going all out over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your life from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant and he is helping us in, on, our, your, on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we have not stopped praying for you since we heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the, the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to, to know God's better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all the, his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you feel, be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people, who live in the light, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Christ is the invisible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Amen. Amen. Always thanking the Father. 
May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. If you have, if we have trouble with uh, <coughs> condemnation, all we have to do is write this in a three by five card, Colossians one eleven and twelve thirteen, and start putting to memory. This is our documentation. This is our 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 bottom feeder information, our default setting, if you will. This is the good news that we Amen. Paul prays that God will grant his readers deeper understanding of the good news and his full expression in their lives. Spiritual growth involves knowing God better and better. It also includes a clearer and deeper comprehension of truth and conduct that pleases the Lord. Through all of this, a believer will develop the endurance and patience to stand firm against evil. Paul had never met the Colossians, but though he faithfully prayed for them. His prayers teach us how to pray for others. Whether we know them or not, we can ask God to help them to understand what God wants them to do, to gain spiritual wisdom, to honor and please Him, and to produce every kind of good fruit. We can pray that they learn to know God better and better, be strengthened with God's glory and power, and have great endurance and patience. We can pray that they will be filled with joy and that they will be compelled to give thanks always. When you don't know how to pray for someone, use Paul's example in his prayer for the Colossians. Amen and amen.